You are freer than you think. It's like the ultimate form of freedom. You expound upon that freedom to develop on this planet. True freedom comes from within. It's the ability. Thinking to myself, I can help you or I can destroy you. Man is a two-time felon. I work really hard and I've been a, I've been a life learner. When things are feeling tough, let yourself be surprised. The world favors risk-taking. Welcome. Welcome. Welcome to the Freedom Pact. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Thanks, Joe. Tell me about the New Year's Eve 2015 resolution that you made. Well, on that uh, New Year's Eve, I decided to uh, uh, not to buy anything for a whole year. So uh, just for the, for the 12 months that would come, I wouldn't buy anything. Well, n- not exactly anything. Uh, I made two exceptions. Um, I allowed myself, I had these two rules. Uh, I was not supposed to die and I was not supposed to start stinking. And these were the two, the two rules. So I was still allowed to buy food. Um, it's hard to go without that. And I was still allowed to buy things like soap or shampoo or you know, all of that stuff. But these were the two exceptions. And other than that, I didn't buy anything, uh, any products uh, for, for a whole year. And uh, what caused me to do that or where the idea came from, um, shortly before that I was on holiday on Bali, um, which is supposed uh, to be a paradise, and in many respects it is. But uh, if you walk along the shore there, along along the sea, um, it's really uh, it's plastic, plastic, plastic. Like the whole the whole shoreline is covered with waste, and except for the, the the few resorts that just have people clean it up. But other than that, it's all covered in 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 uh, like a myriad of of of. of products that come from all the corners of the world, I, I guess, just washed up on the shore there. And it's really, it was a, it was a frightening sight. And I just thought this is complete madness. And uh, um, yeah, we have to, we have to kind of change something. This, this doesn't, doesn't make sense. So perhaps it's worth me kind of uh, underscoring what you've just said. So you've gone on holiday to Bali, you've seen a load of plastic all over the shoreline. And then perhaps you've come home, you've had some time to reflect on this, and then you've come up with a challenge for not to buy anything with the exception of don't die and don't stink for an yes. entire year. To most exactly. people, that sounds like a pretty, pretty crazy challenge, man. Well, it 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 may sound it may sound a little bit crazy, but it's actually a very easy thing to do. And I have a, a number of friends who uh uh, tried the same thing um, after I did, um, and, and it, worked for them. it worked for me. It worked for them. Uh, it's not hard to do actually. Once you get used to it, you just have to get used to um, saying no to the the, the constant bombardment um, of, of of offers that we all get from all sides. So if you walk down the the street and you see all these things left and right um that look attractive in the in the shop windows you just have to um actually the technique that i developed over time was to treat them not as offers but as as a tax on my on my personal integrity or almost so instead of saying don't i buy it uh, i try to, to sell me something that i don't actually need 
So if I say no, that's actually for me, that's, that's like a yes. And so once you practice that, you, you, you end up walking the streets in, in, in like constant triumph, like no, 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 yes, yes, yes. Um, I said uh, yes. I said no to another to another thing that I that I that I don't, don't really need. And once you once you learn that, once you once you're in that mindset, um, it gets very easy, and you don't you, you don't miss you don't miss much. So, like you turned it into a kind of a game with yourself. Uh, you said to yourself, "Well, if I'm going down the street, I can kind of." Uh, instead of seeing this as something as a temptation, I can play this game with myself, and it, you know, instead of being at the mercy of them, I can kind of score points with myself and avoid being caught up into buying this or into buying that. Exactly. So I think it's probably it's probably a version of uh, what they now call what they call gamification. That's the buzzword, right? You have to you have to gamify everything, and yeah, to an extent, that's what I that's what I did, and it works really well. And the other thing that I should mention is that uh, I didn't really, I didn't buy products anymore, um, but I still, I didn't spend less money or maybe only slightly uh, because I just, instead of spending it on, on products, I started spending it on, on, on services. Um, so instead of buying a new shirt, I would, I would get a new haircut instead, um, buying the service of the, of the hairdresser, etc. So, uh, um, and and this is an interesting thing, I think, because it 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 kind of refers to this concept of decoupling, that you can that an economy can at least in theory, I think nobody's really pulled it off so far in, in practice, but it's possible, or it must be, um, uh, an economy could grow uh, without without growing resource consumption. So that's 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 possible if you if 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 all you need is or the majority of what you what what you spend your money on is services and not and not physical goods then then that's what you end up with. Um, so that's 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 kind of the thought behind it. Um, and so I, I didn't spend I still spent quite a bit of money, but not necessarily on the same things that I would have spent it a year before. During this period, I guess, of abstinence, uh, just looking at some kind of things that like you couldn't buy. So, for instance, you couldn't go to Ikea and buy a new coffee table. You couldn't go out and buy a new pair of jeans, assumingly, unless all your other jeans had, had, had been ruined. You know, you couldn't go and buy the latest iPad. Am I, am I on the right lines with those types of things? Exactly so, yeah. Yeah, yeah. This is, uh, this is pretty much what I did or what I didn't do. And um, regarding iPads, or, or back at the time, I remember I had a friend who, uh, who bought the same iPhone, actually in two, it came in two sizes, and, and, and he bought both of them. Um, and because he told me he wasn't sure which size, he, he couldn't, he couldn't yet tell <laughs> which size he, he'd actually prefer. So he decided to buy both. And that I just thought that's madness. And I wasn't, I wasn't, much, I wasn't any better actually. I, I remember buying the same coat around the same time. I bought the same coat twice. Um, once in a color that was kind of, I think it was called slate gray or something, and the other color was called mud, something like that. So it, it, it was, it was the same coat, and I just bought it twice. And that's just, that's just stupid, you know. And so I stopped doing that. Um, and yeah, 
went a little more radical for a year. But ever since I have, uh, after that year, uh, you know, eventually you have to start buying stuff again. But then I came up with a new rule, uh, which is uh, whenever I buy something new, it has to replace something old. And uh, by old, I mean something old that is either like broken or, or, or just used up. So the overall amount of stuff that I have at home uh, um, that I own isn't, isn't growing. Wow. I even do the same thing with books, by the way, uh, <laughs> which is like my, my, my bookshelf has like any bookshelf. It's just its size is limited. And whenever I buy a new book, uh, uh, I, I have to pull out an old one, the one that I like least or that I, that I won't, yeah, won't miss that much and, and just uh, throw it away or give it to somebody else. Yeah, and it's interesting for me because when I watched your uh, your TED talk, which is absolutely fantastic, by the way, I'll put a link below, is that I was thinking about some of the consumeristic tendencies that I have, and quite similar to yourself. Um, books would be a, a massive one. Uh, you know, new gym clothing. This is one of the things that I, I somehow conditioned myself in when I was younger, and it's turned out to be quite an unhelpful thing in, in some ways, but in some ways it hasn't. When I was trying to get myself into the habit of going to the gym at a young age, I found that if I wouldn't buy new gym clothes, then it would kind of work as some sort of a habit loop trigger to motivate me to go to the gym. And, and, it, and, it, in, and it works. In short periods, it works. But what, what happened over time was instead of, I guess, confronting my own uh issues of of uh, discipline or or mm -hmm. you know a real love for exercise what happened was it kind of worked as a band-aid as a paracetamol and it ended up with me having an absolute mountain of these clothes to go to the gym with so much so that you know it was almost impossible at one point to get into this one bedroom i had because it was just full of of, of gym clothing so that was something which i kind of had to um mask over another thing was iphones uh, you know, or, or Max, which, by the way, is a very, very expensive uh, consumer thing. And and it's funny because a couple of days ago, my, my iPhone broke, so I kind of took it upon myself to um, to kind of take a step back. And at the moment, I'm using a, a very old, old iPhone. So, you know, you've saved me a few a few thousand pounds, I would imagine, in the, in the short term. So thank you very much. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's kind of you to say that, but... Um... It's interesting what you say about the clothes, uh, because you said you, like in theory, you'd need them for the gym. And there's quite a bit of research that the kick you get out of buying, out of purchasing uh, something like that piece of clothing or uh, just any good, um, the kick you get out of that purchase is, is, is much uh, shorter lived than, than uh, the, uh, the reward that you get out of an experience so to actually from actually going to the gym and doing whatever you do there um, so that's that's what uh, that's what you really should be focusing on because it it, it just in terms of ha the happiness that gives you and and the the, uh, the, the permanence of that uh, experiences are much more rewarding than than uh, than the kicks we get out of uh, just uh, buying this or buying that so yeah Right. And I, yeah. And I guess this goes to kind of the neurochemical dopamine 
which is that you know you buy something that you know you think that you need it releases this big amount of dopamine and then what happens is is that to get the same uh, amount of dopamine you can't just buy the same thing you have to take it up a new level it's the bigger house it's the newer car it's the newer armani suit it's the latest iphone and what happens is then is that you found yourself in a trap a cycle that is very hard to get out of and it's also very expensive right yeah yeah that, that's definitely that's definitely the case you could compare it to uh to to sugar in a way you know if you eat something sugary that'll that'll boost your like everything uh, your system for 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 a couple of minutes but then it quickly drops again and uh, the opposite is true for uh, for 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 true like uh, rewarding experiences which you may remember your whole life and 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 have a much more long-lasting effect but i have um you know i live in switzerland and we're, we're probably we can basically afford whatever we want you know we're one of the it's one of the richest richest countries in the world and uh and you just get used to doing that uh, i have a, i have lots of friends who, who whom i like like dearly and uh who are, are really close friends but their their uh, their behavior when it comes to uh, consuming stuff is 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 if you if you look at it from some distance you have to say it's it's absurd you know it's totally absurd and uh, yeah that might be changing now anyway uh, I, at least I I hope it will um, like for almost we might be forced to uh, to um, cut down a bit on yeah the things that we that we're all used to absolutely man so kind of let's i guess kind of circle back so you kind of mentioned that you had these rules don't stink don't die um yeah. which i find pretty uh you know seems like pretty solid rules so let me kind of ask you then uh to the person listening to this now that says you know wow that, that sounds so difficult like that could never be me what what would you say was kind of the hardest part of the challenge like were there certain things that you kind of missed out on on buying that when he was doing that time that you thought oh you know i i would love that latest macbook air or that latest uh ikea coffee table what was the hardest part well um well as i've said it, it really after after a little bit of practice it's not hard at all you just get into a new mindset and that and that's it and from then on it's it's, it's easy what might have been what I really did miss. Uh, um, one thing that I would would have loved to buy at that time was a, a new pair of skis because I'm a I'm an avid skier and uh, uh, and I saw these skis and I, it, they were exactly the ones that I that I wanted and so I had just had to postpone that for a for, for a year or so. Uh, um, that was that was something that I that I missed, but once you, once you decide not to buy them, uh, yeah, you just, you just go on and you, you kind of accept it. And the other thing that I, that I, uh, started missing after a while was socks, um, because I only had so many, so many pairs and, and, uh, and, and yeah, that really <laughs> that also kind of, uh, I was, there, there was some danger of violating that don't stink rule. Um, because if, if you just, yeah, if, 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 you, if you're out of socks, then yeah, sooner or later you're you're in trouble. <laughs> so after that year, um, uh, I was kind of glad that I could go back to buying new socks. 
Um, were there any? I'd be interested in kind of how this impacted your social life. Did your social life benefit? Were there any social costs? How, how did that pan out? No costs, but benefits, yes, because uh, uh, like as I've mentioned before, I, I started spending more money and more time on 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 experiences, and that includes like going out, seeing friends, uh, going to uh, you know concerts, cinema, whatever. Um, um, public events and uh, so I actually start going out more often uh, there's a there's just I think a lot of people these days um, who buy too much or, or are in this habit of just constantly buying stuff um, do that in a very lonely setting like at home in front of their computers um, purchasing stuff online um, which even which even adds to the to, to the tragedy of it in some way because uh, it's really yeah like the kick you get out of that is is really short lived and it's a very you're just at home you click and you buy it and you're happy for a couple of minutes and then it fades and and that's the opposite of going out and seeing people and spending time with others and which is obviously much 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 more rewarding. So yeah, no, uh, no, no costs there at all. I would say that was a very healthy thing to do, um, also in terms of personal relationships with others. It seems like and so. It, yeah. Oh, please one. And it's a good, it's a good call. It's a good conversation starter also because I, I, I wrote when I, when I, when I decided to do that experiment, I wrote an article in a, in a newspaper about it, uh, and and then everybody like asked about that, and it was a really good a good conversation starter with lots of people. What would you say some of the other uh, benefits? And I wonder if it actually led to perhaps any other areas in your life. Like, did you find that you were more disciplined? Uh, were there any psychological benefits I'd, I'd be interested to know about? Um, yes, I would say so, yeah. Because it, 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 it doesn't just, um, what you save is not just money, but you also save... Uh, time and uh, how should i say that attention like you're uh, you know you if you're if, if you if you're if you're naturally interested or 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 uh, um caught by by any by by anything you see that you could potentially buy um that eats up a lot of your like attention cap capacity for attention and once you start disregarding all that stuff um you're in a much um, more relaxed calmer uh, state of mind so I would say that that's been, that that was beneficial too, definitely. And then there's the social aspect. Um, in terms of money itself, um, I, I, as I've said, I didn't really, I personally didn't really spend much less during that year. But you could very well do that if you if you uh, if I, I just substituted uh, uh, the things that I didn't, the goods that I didn't buy with 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 services and. Um, uh, with that kind of um, uh, thing, but but uh, but if you don't do that, uh, you'll end up with a lot more money. You can actually quite probably save quite a quite a bit of money. Uh, yeah, and in terms of like the kind of the decluttering, this is one of the things that I and I, I know a number of other people. I I, I know Lewis, my my co-host. He's interviewed people about this on the show. Yeah, you know, only in less stuff. For some reason, for whatever reason. It seems to have tremendous psychological benefits. Um, 
you know, I, I always find myself that whenever I'm on a, a mental health decline, I look around and my car will be a mess. My bedroom will be a mess. Um, but there seems to be something inherently psychologically rewarding about less. But it's a paradox because kind of in the West, we're taught that the way to happiness, the way to fulfillment, the way to, you know, live in a good life is more. The idea that less can make you satisfied, that, that doesn't seem to be what we're taught. Yeah, yeah, that, that is that is true. It's obviously true. But the, then again, uh, it's probably no coincidence that I that I started that experiment like a couple of years ago, because there's at the same time and there still is there's a there's a huge wave there's, of, of, of books and people talking about similar stuff like, uh, uh, you know, there's this whole trend. Um, I'm sure you're familiar with Marie Kondo. Mm -hmm. Like the what's her book called? The Art of Tidying, I yeah. think. Yeah. Um, uh, and uh, so there's this trend. Then you have people, um, you know, on social media advertising their tiny houses. Um, uh, and there's this whole minimalism trend, and yeah, and that's that's certainly no coincidence. There seems to be a, a, a yearning for for um, for owning less and having to having to deal with less. I think it's also about that. Um, it's amazing if you look at, um, uh, I was on holiday um, this summer in, uh, in Austria and we were at this monastery um, from the Baroque uh, period, which is one of the biggest and most impressive in, in the world from, from, from that era. And it was just overwhelming, like, you know, the, all the, the frescoes, the paintings in there. It's absolutely, it's, it's, it's fantastic, but it's totally overwhelming. And I, I just thought today, nobody would even, no, no, nobody, would, nobody would remotely think about creating and painting something like that. Um, if you look at what the buildings that are, uh, that we deem the best and, and most aesthetically uh, pleasing today, and they look, they're quite different from, from what they did in the 17th century. So, uh, uh, and that's also, that's no coincidence. We're just, I think we're all we're just being overwhelmed with with stuff with with uh, with uh, information also, not just physical stuff, and uh, yeah, and so that's a What I did and what others do is is a reaction to that, I guess. Uh, there's a quote that I love uh, that says, "We buy things that we don't need with money we don't have to impress people that we don't like," and kind of looking at your stuff. It kind of makes me think about, you know, consumerism as a whole. And and I, I admit, you know, this is one of the reasons why I'm um I I, I, I don't want to put any shame on on anyone listening to this because yeah. I, I have a friend that I mean every time I see him, he has, you know, a brand new Ralph Lauren top or the the finest shoes. And I go, wow, you know, internally I'm thinking, you know, I I could do without myself. I, I, I resist it for the most part, of course, but I kind of, I see whatever reason, there's a psychological temptation inside that, that I see. And I think, you know, I, I, I like that, you know, I, I, and I, I see other people, you know, they like it as, it as a, a, a social, it's a social signal. But I'd love to kind of know, you know, clearly there must be some sort of psychological uh, software within us that, you know, makes us perhaps a little bit jealous to, to other members. 
But I'd love to get know what do you think some of the reasons are why we kind of get into this, you know, this consumerism, this kind of never enough, the always on to the next thing, the new iPhone, the, the new Jordans, et cetera. What, what do you think some of the reasons would be? Yeah, that's a, it's, a, it's an interesting question. It's probably really, as you say, it's some, somehow hardwired and, and you, have to, you have to actively kind of try and unlearn it because it's, it's, um, it's probably natural for us to, to want more all the time. Like it's like if you have a, a dog and, 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 and you feed it, uh, you know, the dog will just eat as much as, as there is. It won't, it won't stop, you know. And uh, and I, th- I think the, the same is probably true for our close relatives. Uh, like if you, some gorilla will just eat as many bananas as, as he can find, you know, and, and, and doesn't, that doesn't, doesn't just stop. And, and so I think it, that's probably a natural thing. We just, we just want to, as long as stuff is available and there, um, you better grab the opportunity and you better, you better profit from it. Yeah, who knows how long it lasts? And that was true for the, for the, for the longest time. We lived in an environment where, where that was really like a, a, a mindset that you had to have in order to survive. And, and uh, that's no longer the case. And that, that's probably the reason why it might be difficult to kind of revert the tendency there, uh, which is which is yeah, which is what I tried. But it's 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 possible. And in terms of the social aspect of it, um, you're you're absolutely right. I mean, most people or, or many people buy stuff in order to impress other people. But it's also possible, um, like buying buying stuff or or or, or a, a superfluous amount of, of of stuff isn't the only way to impress other people. You can also impress them. Like you basically impress people with your behavior. And as soon as they want to model your behavior, then, you, then you're really impressing them. Then you have an impact on them. And uh, you can impress people with, with, with the opposite too. I mean, uh, you can, yeah, you can get looks or, or reactions from people who think, well, I, I, I would love to try that too. And I wonder whether I could do that too and, and, and so on. So it, it, it works the other way around too. You don't necessarily have to be in that consumerist um, mode to, in, in order to, to, uh, to get attention or, uh, uh, from others. You know, that's, that's, not, that's not, necessary, not necessary. I guess thinking about to that point is what type of people are you trying to what type of people are you trying to impress? What type of people do you want in your life? You know, and, yeah. and I get, yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, the, the, those people that you, I mean, you already quote, um, mentioned that that famous quote, that I wonder who is it by, I've heard it too, uh, that you, you know, that we try to impress people that we don't really need in our lives. And, and certainly the ones that you can easily impress by just your latest perk, which is your latest purchase that, that's probably not going to be your your best friend for, for for life anyway. I mean, there has to be something else between you and that other person in order to make this a real uh, 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 worthwhile friendship. Just just showing each other the latest purchases is probably not going to, yeah, 
that's that's not the basis for 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 any good relationship i would argue <laughs> so if you if you think about if you think about your um uh, about your best friends even the friend you've mentioned uh uh there's probably a lot more going on there right it's not just that you're impressed by by, by his latest uh, uh, by his new shirt um um and and that's what and the other stuff is what really counts it's not yeah as, as soon as you're close to somebody really close to somebody um other other things start to matter and you start to also disregard uh, the superficial uh things i i, I would say you know? uh, absolutely and, and you know it's funny because i was looking through um i was thinking back about kind of old marketing books that i read and there was one book by uh, the Harvard business professor, uh, Gerald Zoltman. And uh, he kind of argues, well, I assume based on some sort of research, that about 95% of our purchase-making decisions happen in the subconscious mind. So if what he's saying is true, there's only 5% of the things that we buy are these conscious, rational thoughts that we've gone, okay, you know, my... My shoes, they're coming to the end. Maybe I should go out and buy, uh, you know, a new pair of shoes. So the, that implies then that the other 95%, as you said, I'm sitting at home on a Thursday night and, you know, I'm feeling a little bit sad and I'm feeling a little bit lonely for a pickup. Maybe I should go and buy something new off Amazon. Um, and it, perhaps that also goes to the heart of what this is about. We're, we're emotional creatures and these little two-click buys can give us some kind of, of boost. What do you kind of think about, about that, that only 5% of our, of our decisions we make are kind of rational, thoughtful decisions? I'm sure, I'm, I'm sure that's true, but it's, also, it's also, also absolutely possible to change that. Uh, you, just have to, you just have to force yourself. Like, like Marie Kondo does that with... Uh, um, uh, I'm sure you're familiar with that. You know, she asked that question when it comes to throwing stuff away, right. uh, to cleaning, cleaning up your, your, your house or apartment. Uh, she asks this question, does it, does it spark joy? Uh, that's, that's her question. Uh, and, and, and if the answer is no, then, it's, then, it, then, then you, you kiss it goodbye, say thanks, and, and throw it away, basically, if I understood that correctly. And the question here when it comes to, to buying stuff would be... Uh, do I do I do I need it? Like, is does this replace something that I yeah that I that I need? And and uh, you just have to you have to make it a principle. Like so many things uh, in life, I think once you make it a principle, and um, that also eases the burden of of like the, the decision making, uh, the constant decision making. Once you have your principle, you just you just have to apply it. You don't you no longer have to. Uh, ponder on it for for, for hours uh, every time. It's just it's easy. It becomes easier. Um, that's what that's that's what I found. And and if you do that, if you make it a principle, don't really think about it anymore. Just say, is it is it is it this or that? Do I need it or don't I? Uh, then then it becomes much easier. And then you can actually uh, fight that that tendency that uh, the marketing professor you mentioned. Uh, um, talks about. I'm, I'm sure he's right that in in, in our normal states of mind, uh, we probably that's probably true. It's probably 95 percent is is just intuitive, and 
yeah, has nothing to do with a rational, uh, like a, an actual need for something. Man, I, I love that. And I, I think Providence is a great place to kind of transition into, I guess, actually strategies that people can use if they've listened to kind of what we said and they think, you know, maybe I, I would love to kind of give this a try. And, you know, we can kind of, as we kind of talked about some of the benefits, you know, I guess obviously for one is if you're in any kind of financial uh, 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 predicaments, then this is one way, obviously, to to spend less money. There's there's that benefit, you know. You kind of you can kind of break the cycle of. I know the conference is you know keeping up with the Joneses, but you can kind of break that consumer yeah. cycle. And kind of you talked about something uh, very useful today. Um, and I was thinking back about some things that I think were useful uh, that perhaps could be used in this instance. Two things that I think in my life have been particularly useful. First one is Derek Siver. As, uh, he wrote a book called Hell Yeah or Hell No. And I think that could be a, a, actually a good use in this instance. You know, if you look at something and it's a, you know, a, a, I could, I could, I may as well just buy it. That that would fall into the, the no category. You know, if it's not a hell yeah, yeah then, then use it as a no. But but the other one was um, if, and this is just one thing that I've thought about as I've kind of been talking to you, is that clearly there's some sort of psychological uh, uh, kind of band-aid that buying things can put on our emotions. So if we say to ourselves, okay, well, I, I want this thing now, but what if I wait? Well, that's a day or three days. Will I still want it in a week? Will I still want it in two weeks? And and fair enough, if you come back in two weeks and say, no, I still want this, may, maybe you, you should buy it. But if you you wait two weeks, I imagine that probably 90% of the things that you want will kind of fall away. Um, so I'd love to know kind of what would some strategies be that you could um, advise people that they've listened to this. They say, you know, this, this sounds useless, sounds like a really good challenge. It's great for me. It's great for the environment, great for my social life, great for me psychologically. What would be some kind of strategies that, that people could use? I think the hell the hell yes strategy is a, is a good one. I, I haven't heard that, but uh, but I think that might that might work very well. For instance, if you if you try uh, or if you say you see you see a shirt and you like it and think that that could be my new shirt, I could buy that. Um, maybe it's one thing you could ask yourself at that point is. Is this really is this shirt as good and as good looking as will, will I look as will I look as good in the, in that shirt as I currently do in my in the best shirt that I have at home, even just as good or even better? And if it and if the answer is no, then then don't bother buying it. That might be so. It has to be a really you have to be really enthusiastic about something. Um, and the other thing, uh, what is interesting, you mentioned this this tendency to uh, uh, what was it about the Joneses? There's that English saying: "Keeping up with the Joneses." Keeping up with the Joneses. Keeping up with the Joneses, exactly. And I think in scientific terms, there's this ex there's this term, um, this concept of a, uh, I think it's called hedonistic treadmill, um, which is that uh, you're constantly uh, like your life is improving and improving and improving, but it doesn't really make you any, any, any happy, like materially improving, but it doesn't make you any happier because what really makes you happy or what, what really matters in terms of happiness is how you compare yourself to others. 
And if, you're, if your neighbor has something new and then you decide to get the same thing just to keep up, um, uh, that's, a, that's a never ending, never ending story and doesn't really lead to, lead to happiness. It's, uh, and that's, that's the hedonistic treadmill, I believe. And one way of escaping that is that you have to kind of, you have to find new friends. <laughs> you have to, um, it, you know, it, it matters greatly who you, uh, com- who, who, who you're comparing yourself with. And if you change that and, and maybe, uh, um, yeah, maybe then, maybe, maybe then you, there's a possibility that you can reframe the whole situation and that, that that's a really interesting thing that really what, what matters in terms of happiness is comparison to others and not necessarily the the absolute level of what you have or where you stand in terms of material uh, uh, um, yeah possessions and welfare etc so that might be that might be one 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 other uh, um, strategy to to really uh, compare yourself to the right people and spend time with the right people. Um, and then, yeah, if they think, if their thinking is somehow similar to yours, um, that might be a beneficial thing to do. And there's absolutely no doubt in what you said that, that the people that you bother with will will have some sort of impact on me. Like, like for instance, with, with my friend, I kind of described, you know, for whatever reason, you know, it, it makes me want to go and, by the latest clothes, so that, that is absolutely, you know, a hundred percent, hundred percent true. I think as well that um, just kind of in terms of this, it just seems startling to me that the amount of kind of overall benefits that could be attained and um, for for relatively little cost, but it just kind of comes at the uh, at the I guess the task of trying to override your psychological uh, software, so to say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's amazing how much can can change once you once you uh, decide to give it a, a, a try, or 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 even if you're forced to. I mean, we have the situation currently, um, uh, which I think is very very interesting, also from a from a psychological. Um, viewpoint uh, in Europe where we have this uh, energy crisis and suddenly policies that have been uh, you know uh, proposed and advertised and and pushed for for years or even for decades when it comes to uh, environmentalism for instance you know saving energy or 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 making the the switch from from fossil fuels to to renewable ones etc um, that has been going on for, for ages and nothing really, well, uh, not nothing, but little has happened actually in terms of concrete action. And now that we're suddenly kind of forced to um, change something there, now suddenly it, suddenly we realize actually, yeah, it's, it's possible. And something similar happened with, um, during the pandemic. Um, you know, it was for, for years, governments around the, for decades, Governments around the world um, uh, said how much they would have to um, save, like like in, 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 ter- in terms of money. Like we can't we can't afford this, we can't afford that, which we simply we simply don't have the money um, uh, to do this or to do that. And that might have been that I'm not I'm not I'm not arguing against that 
in any uh, like politically but then the pandemic came and cost us an awful lot of money and suddenly the money well might, the money might not have been there but we just decided to print it and now we have the money so it's um it kind of it's it was just funny like that that stuff that were way too expensive suddenly became absolutely doable um and and this just shows that if you're if you're forced to change your behavior or if you yourself decide to just change it um um a lot is possible. It's not um, once you revert the trend, uh, things can things can change pretty pretty fast. Human nature in a nutshell, I guess, which uh, kind of goes back to what we uh, talked about today. But I'd love to kind of ask you a couple of uh, questions, kind of switch it up a little bit. Um, I'm really interested, kind of, about your uh, profession, um, which you know, for for those that kind of don't know, you you do a lot of work with with books. Uh, which has been a major, major theme for for the show throughout the years. I'd love to kind of know: um, Do you have any kind of book recommendations that you would love to to share with our audience? Um, yeah, I should explain about books. I, I basically uh, I have a, a day job which is all about reading. Um, to simplify it somewhat, uh, um, so I, I work for a company that summarizes books. Get Abstract is the name of the company. And what we do there is we, we summarize nonfiction books. So we summarize them on, on, on five pages or so. So instead of spending 10 hours reading a book, you'll read the summary and that'll cost you 10 minutes or 15 minutes maybe. And uh, so that's what I do for a living. Uh, and in my spare time, I write. Um, but there I don't write or mostly don't write nonfiction, but fiction. Um, um, so I have these two sides. I like during the day I read, and, and at, at night on, on weekends I I write. Uh, uh, so that's my relation to to books. Um, but in terms of recommendations, um, I'm trying to remember something uh, that I read recently or that we summarized recently at Get Abstract. Um, I think there was one called, which comes back to what we're what we were discussing earlier. We, we, we've summarized a book called The Art of Saying No. Uh, um, I think the author is called Damon Sahariadis or something like that. That's his name, I think. And um, that's a brilliant book. That's really about um, how we all struggle uh, to say no and but have to say no more often. And uh, it's basically, he basically tells you how, how to say no to people without feeling like, like an asshole. <laughs> That's 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 what he does, and the other one that I remember from last week, something that we've recently summarized, is an is an old, a very old book um, called uh, Public Opinion. That's a classic by Walter Lippmann, like a one of the uh, like like an ad man actually, a, a marketing guru um, of the earliest generation. Uh, I think it was published in 19, 1922 public opinion and that's really about democracy that's about how public opinions are formed in in democracies and that's obviously a, a, a topic that couldn't be more yeah something that couldn't be more topical uh, today and so i can i can really recommend rereading that one even though it's a hundred it's exactly a hundred years old and um, public opinion it's called it's a fascinating fascinating book and he he says a lot of things that are 
yeah, just what we, or describes a lot of things that we see in action today, Walter Lippmann. And privately, um, I'm reading, I'm currently reading a lot of stuff about Tibet uh, because uh, I'm writing this, this new book, which one of the main characters there has a, has a Tibetan background. So I'm trying to, uh, to learn a lot about uh, Tibetan Buddhism and uh, yeah, that whole culture, uh, which is fascinating. And um, uh, yeah, one of the books that I'm currently reading there, uh, it's pro probably not the most scientifically um, grounded one, but it's an interesting book nevertheless. Um, it's called uh, The Lost Horizon by your um, fellow um, Englishman, <laughs> uh, James, James Hilton. Uh, he wrote that in, in the 30s, I think. It's, it's that book that introduced the idea of, uh, of like a hidden kingdom, Shangri-La, somewhere up there in the Himalayas. Uh, it's, it's, it's quite a fascinating novel, very well written. I first thought it would just be, uh, uh, yeah, easy to consume and just a light read, but it's actually, there's actually quite some, quite some depth in it. Last question that we sign off all our podcasts with is what makes a life worth living? Ooh, well, that's the, <laughs> that's the big question, yeah. What does make life worth living? Hmm. That's so hard. That's so hard. I, I wasn't aware that that was always your last question. <laughs> I should have told you. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Um. What, what makes life worth living? Is it really, it might, it might really be all about how you are surrounded with, have to somehow see some value in, in who you are and what you do. And, and I think you have to find something that you can kind of contribute, that you can bring to the table. And if that's the case, um, people will love you for it and care about you and uh, you'll get something in return from them. And I think if you can, I think that, that might be one of the main tasks that we all have to, uh, have to deal with is find something, like ask yourself, what, what, what is my contribution here? What can I, what, what, yeah, what, what could that be? And that, the answer might be something completely different for each of us. Um, but once you can answer that, I think you're, you're probably bound to be to be happy most of the most of the time. Amazing answer, man. Where can these guys connect with you? And uh, is there anything that you'd like to, these guys to check out or or send them anywhere? Um, like I'm I'm on the usual uh, um, social media platforms, Instagram. Uh, YouTube, uh, where you are big, where your podcast is big, and Facebook also, Twitter. And then I have my own uh, homepage, stoifberg.com. Um, there you can find links to most of the stuff that I do. Uh, yeah, I think that's, that's, that's mainly it. We will link everything below. Everybody listening on an audio platform can just swipe up and they can get all those links that we've talked about today, including Nico's TED Talk, 
Everybody that's not on YouTube can just click the link in the description. Man, I've really, really enjoyed this. There's been so much food for thought. Um, some of the the very tactical uh, kind of things that we got into, the kind of even the philosophical, the the, the scientific underpinnings of why we did it, why we do what we do, and kind of I guess how to break free of that. I think there's some real, real useful topics in there. So, man, I I can't thank you enough for coming on the show. It's been great to learn more about you and kind of the challenge and you know if you ever do another challenge like that man i'd be really excited to to, to talk to you uh, again about it sure sure it's been a real pleasure and an honor Joe. and thanks so much for having me thank you oh really appreciate it